This podcast was funded in part by the UK Arts Council. Welcome to In House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. Hi, George. At last we speak. My name's Will Hood, and today we are talking to Juki G, an in-house graduate who was released from prison two years ago after spending 18 years inside. We hadn't met before, but he was very open about the experience of serving a sentence of that magnitude, the difficulties of adjusting to life on the outside, and the importance and potential of music to heal us. I hope you find this interview as insightful and engaging as I did. Well, hi there, listeners. Um, I'm George Coleman. Uh, AKA Juki G. I hope um, what I've had to say has been thought provoking, exhilarating, whichever way you want to put it. Yeah, that's me. So I, I know a little bit about you because JJ has said there's this guy, Juki G. You've got to talk to him, he's amazing. So right. <laughs> he um, he's told me a little bit about you, but why don't we start off by um, by you telling me how you met the in-house lot, what, you know, what was going on with you at that point? Yeah, um, well, during my transition of um, uh, the end of my um, incarceration, I did, um, I was involved with in-house, in-house records. Um, so what prison was this, George? This was uh, um, Stanford Hill. Stanford Hill, Okay. Yeah, it was a fairly long sentence, um, and I'd done five and a half years over my recommended, it's, it's called a minimum term. Okay. It's a 99-year sentence, really. So do you go up in front of a, a, a board of people, and they, they decide whether they, they see it fit, that you're ready to ready to be let yeah, out? right. Obviously, at certain stages, they thought I wasn't ready, so hence, five and a half years over. I'm wondering what what difference having that creative environment meant to the psychology of, of making sense of that and, and letting off a bit of steam, expressing yourself. I mean, I mean, what difference did it make to your day, but also your mind? Well, um, to be honest, that's a really good, um, really good point because um, from the very beginning. That the only thing I could turn to was my music. So from from the very early stages of my relationship, I, I tried to get a PlayStation and I started making music on a, on a PS1, on a PlayStation, <laughs> um, which was fairly new at the time because it was um, two, 2001. And that sort of like kept me, kept me sort of going. Just the fact that no matter what else was going on in, in my surroundings, uh, I could always sort of fall back on making music, no matter how hard it was, you know, it's very hard to make music on a, on a PlayStation game when, you, when you've got knowledge of using better, if that's the only resources you've got, you sort of get the most out of it. So you obviously yeah. had some skills in the music production side before you went into prison, did you? Like, um, I used to DJ, MC, and, um, and work with quite a few um, well-known um, other DJs and artists. Yeah, that was my 
background before. That's hence the name Jukki G. That was my MC name. Okay, so pre pre two thousand and one, you were Jukki G out performing in front of people. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I used to work with um, Carl Cox and Jeremy Healy and Brian Bars and so forth. Yeah, I was in the mix. You should call it. Yeah. All right, you were in the mix, yeah. So, yeah. going right back to the beginning then, for you, do you remember a time in your life when music uh, appeared to you as something that you had to be involved in? Was there a, a particular song or a musician or a band or anything like that that made a, a big moment impact for you? Um... Yeah, I suppose um, my heart was in hearts in, in reggae because that's what from the age of four, I mean, as far as I can remember, my mum and my dad playing playing the music and the Jim Reeves and the reggae, the Sunday morning music. They had a, um, a, a blow up on record gram, um, which I was fascinated with. So if you had one of them, you had you had practically the best. <laughs> and um, I pulled it apart at the age of 12 and um, made my first sound system out of it. Did you really? Okay, what did your parents think of that? They upgraded, but um, uh, I begged them not to um, to demolish it. I pleaded and pleaded with them and he says, no, oh, you can have it, son. And they put it in the back of your garden in one of the sheds. And um, that was my amplifier. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's quite impressive for a kid that age to be. Uh, you've obviously got quite a technical brain, right? Yeah, I was, um I used to follow sort of more dub sounds, you know, um, instead of vocals versions with heavy dub, you know, with the use of echo chambers and things like that. Yeah. No one it was all new then. And. Um, so it was, it was just sort of like branching out, getting to the more technical side. It was experimental, but exciting at the same time. So am I right in thinking you, you are you lean more onto the side of being a producer uh, of music as opposed to a creator? Or, or correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, to be honest, um, because of the lack of resources, that I had the production side of it was I was going back and I sort I found a way of um, recording all my um, tracks that I'd made from the early ages and early days of my incarceration. So I've got a library of about four or five hundred tracks that I've made. As the production side of it only came in when I was listening back to them and I was thinking I could do sort of like a, a timeline of my sentence. Which um, is this project that I'm still working on. So, so are you saying you've got um, as many as 400 tracks that you made during your sentence inside? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying 400 tracks. Some of them are, some of them might be a minute and a half long. Okay, so little ideas, <laughs> but, little sketches of what could be a tune. That's right, yes. I've got lost in, lost in it and just kept going and going and going. Well, you've got all that time in yourself locked up. It, I suppose you just make the most of it and, yeah... I don't know how I would have survived without music. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I knew that I could sketch onto the technical side as, as I did whilst I was inside, um, I think I would have diverted um, a big percentage of my own time to, to doing that. 
Yeah, it's just a shame that it's a shame that I'm a bit longer in the now to start where I'd like to start. <laughs> so, at how old are you, George? I was sixty last month. Sixty last month. Okay. Okay. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I was sixty in August. I was um, yeah, I got I got arrested on my birthday on my forty first birthday. <laughs> so yeah, a big big gap out of my life there. Okay, so that's that's your forties yeah. and your fifties, pretty much taken up in prison. Yeah. So yeah. if you um, if you could talk to the George or the Dukey G even uh, in his mid thirties, uh, and you could give him one piece of advice, um, what would it be? Um. Yeah, I suppose it'd be advice that, um, general advice anybody else would give is just to, um, value your life and just keep the right company and don't, don't be easily influenced by, yeah, negative and things that are going to let you end up, end up in prison. What do you think of of someone that would say um, if you're in prison you shouldn't be having music workshops, you shouldn't be involved in that type of thing? Uh, you know that that's too much of a of a playtime. Um, you know that that's not why you've gone to prison for. But what what would be your response to that? If you believe that people should just go to prison for punishment and. What, what you consider as rehabilitation, you've got it wrong because um, I have seen I have seen music prevent people from committing suicide. I've seen I've seen uh, I think in the whole in the whole spectrum I've experienced forty odd uh, attempts of suicide, and I can imagine through the whole. And, and some of those people, some of those people that have sort of like taken their lives and have got hidden talent. I mean, I think it would be a great help for people's rehabilitation if they had the opportunity to um, express themselves in music. Because obviously they never ha- had the time or the time to do it whilst they're out. I think they wouldn't be there. But I think mean, once they are there, that is a great healer. Mm. Music is a great healer, and I think if. If the uh, prison system acknowledge that, I think it'd make it a lot easier for them. Right, you know, think, that's interesting. I think it'd make it a lot easier for the system. And I think the general public just, just don't want to think that people in jail are listening to music and seems to just be enjoying themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, that's quite a claim that you're making there, you know, which, which I'm not doubting for one minute, but this idea that... Um, being involved in something like in-house or or being involved in a creative musical pursuit that could be the difference between life and death, right? That that is quite a claim. What, what do you think it is about that experience that is so nourishing for the spirit? I mean, you used the word healing there, but but what what is it? Do you think that it that it gives you? Um. When there's a, a lockdown or something that happens inside jail where you miss out on going to a music lesson or a, 
I mean, it's a heavy mm. tune, that, isn't it? For sure. It is, yeah. 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 When, when you see people actually going to those levels, uh, I think they actually, we do find it like healing. I suppose I can get that, but that's the word again, healing. So this idea that people that are in prison um, are in need of healing, I, I suppose that is, uh, it shouldn't be, but that's probably quite a contentious statement. Um, so, I mean, I, I wonder for someone that spent 18 years in prison uh, or thereabouts, do you do you feel like you've been rehabilitated or do you feel like you've been punished or, or perhaps it's both? Um, yeah, without going into detail, I my sentence... I'd say a bit of both. I, I, I can't say one outweighs the other. Um, um, the rehabilitation side, that confuses me sometimes because um, I don't understand what level of rehabilitation is needed for an individual. Everyone's different. Everyone's grown up in different ways. You can't just say rehabilitation fits all. Right. There's no one size fits all of what a, what a healthy human being should look like. That's right. No, I mean, some of the um, mental issues that I've had to deal with since I've, since I've been released, um, another thing that it would, um, would affect me in certain ways. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, you can't measure it or you can't until you've experienced it. And um, it's hard one to explain, but... Um, Rehabilitation and punishment There's a crossover that nobody can really fathom out for any individual. If you, everybody has to be, um, as I say, judged judge on their merits of the past experience, and um, people are not going to know that if there's no if no one's listening to it. So, for you, George, the so you've been out for a couple of years, is that right, or, or thereabouts? Yeah, yeah. Just, um, two years next in January, I think. So, yeah. what you found difficult was it was it acclimatizing to being on the outside, or, or was it still kind of coming to terms with the fact that you had spent eighteen years in inside? Um, I think it's me just trying to catch up and trying to achieve the impossible 
for that space of time that I've been away. It's, um, I've got I've got grandchildren now. <laughs> um, I've got grandchildren that I, I, I never met or did, and that I don't know. I, my first grandson is, is going to be twenty on Christmas Day. He was born Millennium, and um, arranging for him to come and stay with me with the COVID crisis has been such a it's been a nightmare. It's been like. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's been, I think that has made things in the easier. Right. But, um, yeah, it has brought in a lot of um, hard times. That's not anyone person's fault. It's just it's that it is making the um, the period even harder. Yeah. It is quite crazy out there at the moment, isn't it? I mean, it, that general feeling of um, of people not being able to plan for the future i think that that is quite subtly difficult for a lot of people to be honest it's it's like a, it's like a prison sentence outside as well because um all the things that you say you're going to do when you do get out and all the amends you're going to try and make and this and that you've got a pandemic that is beyond your control that you can't even do you can't even do that yeah and um I mean, I'm where, where I am at the moment, but I have no family. So it's like, it's just twice as hard to, to see my family, you know, if you know what I mean. So, and I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, that's the same for a lot of other people as well. But it, it doesn't make it easier knowing that you waited all these years to be able to do it and you can't, you know? Yeah. But as I say, going forward, for you um, in in work life but also in your, your musical life and in your involvement within house what are your aspirations for the future um, I, to be honest I do want to get that creative but I'm struggling with the software you know and write yourself like uh, in house records I know that there's always someone I can go back and talk to you know it's just it's just great that I've, I've, something that I started started in in, in jail that I'm getting help with now that I'm out. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's a great help. And without that, I think it's made things a lot worse. <laughs> Great. Well, George, look, I really appreciate your time, and it's a real uh, pleasure to have a proper chat with you. Thanks very much. All right, mate. You take care. All right, bye. All right, bye. To find out more about the world's only prison-run record label, go to inhouserecords.org. That's all one word, inhouserecords.org. And if you'd like to hear more of these interviews, please hit subscribe if you can on whatever platform you use for podcasts. The In-House Podcast is an APA production for In-House Records.